Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Very excited to be talking with, I can't believe it's taken this long to get her on the podcast, Christy Carlson Romano in this episode. You probably know her from all the hits, Steven Stevens, Kim Possible, Cadet Kelly. Well, she's busier than ever right now. We talk about all of the content she's making, uh... Christie's Kitchen throwback on YouTube, her walk and talk videos on YouTube where she talks about and reflects on her wild life in entertainment uh, and her relationships with all your favorite Disney throwback stars. I learned that there's a 90s convention coming up that she's hosting very soon. And she also has Christie's Kitchen throwback, the cookbook that's coming out this spring. We talk about literally everything. Uh, and she gives me some really amazing insight into motherhood and also into content creation. She's just absolutely lovely. I could have talked to her for hours and hours, uh, but we had to Keep it concise. So please enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Christy Carlson Romano. Okay, and we're in. Christy, I'm so excited to talk to you about everything. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, today <laughs> was a rougher day than other days. Um, I just got back from uh, like a 10-day work trip. but Wow. Anybody who travels with kids thinking that the work trip's going to be, I don't know, a regular kind of work trip. It was like, well, it's a long time. We're not going to be away from our kids. So let's like bring them <laughs> and we'll stay near the in-laws. And, you know, you try to like set yourself up for success. Yeah. And more times than not, you're disappointed. Um, I'd say about 90% of the time you're disappointed, which uh-huh. is which actually is pretty good statistics when you think about the 10% of the time being awesome. Cause yeah. it's just, you're not the, 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 the odds are that someone's going to melt down at the wrong time and it's going to be traumatizing. Mm. So that's true. You live in fear, constant Ugh. fear and chaos. You make parenting sound so lovely. Uh- <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your dose of birth control, whether you realize this or not, I am walking embodiment of birth control. Amazing. I do appreciate your honesty. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm also just curious, like you've been on this work trip, you have a billion things going on. Like, is uh, there a normal day for you or is every day completely different? Yes, every day is completely different. Um, to my chagrin, I guess you would say I, I, I am like, I covet structure. Mm. I covet, I covet like, consistency yeah because my entire life has been very uprooted um Mm. or at least it's felt uprooted to someone who's just I think more or less like me yeah who covets structure so um I'm sure I could have probably ended up becoming more of a producer or something you know in which case maybe my life would have been a little bit more structured but I think the way that it's panned out for me becoming a content creator, as you know, there's mm-hmm. just really no structure in that. Um, I mean, there's yeah. batching content, right. Where you batch your yeah. content, you try the best you can, but especially if it's like guest dependent, like we had trouble sort of like figuring out times and places. And I, I try to value myself as a creator to be pretty dependable. So mm-hmm. it stinks when you let people down and, um, there's a little bit of, there is always just a little bit of like desire to 
to have your stuff together. You know, yeah. like you're like you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm making content, but I still have my stuff together. I promise. No, you seem like you're a person that very much, like you said, strives for balance and strives for structure in what could be a completely structureless uh, work world. Uh, yeah. since it's entirely up to you, but then you also have to leave room for creativity and inspiration and availability and all these yeah. things that aren't as reliable or certain all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious uh, how you ended up in entertainment. Take me through. You were very young when you first started. How uh -huh. did that? How did did you just always know that being creative or an artist or acting was something that you just like couldn't deny inside of you? Yes, I believe so. And it's funny that I see some of that in my youngest daughter and mm. my oldest, I have two daughters, right? So one yeah. just turned five, one just turned three. Wow. And like the five-year-old loves like talking about germs and she, you know, <laughs> is very interested in like science-y stuff. Okay. So I see with both of my daughters, they're very different personalities. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think a lot of like what I'm triggered by these days is like, wow, like when I was this age, I was, you know, I had my union card or like, you know, oh. you, you talk, you start to kind of reflect, you know, about yeah. when you sort of do something competitive at a young age. And so my two daughters are very different. One is very much more like at, at the moment, at present, she's very science minded. And then mm. the other one's just like, princess i want to wear i want to dance i want to be like this little like you know little thing this little feminine thing or whatever and i'm Cute. like great that's who you are this is who you are i must have been my mom said that i was precocious uh -huh. um but my sisters were doing pageants and dance competitions mm. and all that stuff so i kind of just traveled along i'm the youngest of four and slowly but surely i I got an, a manager like mm. at one of the national talent competitions. And then I did the commercial circuit, you know, and wasn't really, I guess they wanted more like, it was at a time when there was like, you're the blonde, you're the brunette, you're the, the you know, and it was like uh. very specific. And now it's a lot more inclusive. And I think it's just very different. I remember at one point I was actually cast because I had a last name Romano. Somebody assumed that I was like Latina and they okay. hired me in a, in a Spanish speaking, um, Fava shoes commercial. <laughs> and one of my earliest memories working as a child <laughs> was sitting on this woman's lap who was supposed to be my mom uh -huh. and it was like back to school shopping. And she was speaking Spanish. And like, I was like, I didn't know what was going on. There's a camera. There's this woman speaking another language, oh like <laughs> some weird, some weird stuff. But yeah, I remember that for sure. Wow. I mean, it, it must be, this rings very true in all the content that you make now that seems very reflective of your um, experience in the entertainment world and very like introspective about different things. I'm curious, yeah. what uh, was the inspiration to start making, especially your walking and talking videos? I don't know if you uh, you've created a genre yourself. <laughs> it's just very cathartic. What? Is that what your other? That's your nice way of being like, Christy. What is this content? No, I feel like there's, it's so, it's so like calming in nature, oh, like you. literal nature. Uh, I'm curious, what was the like? Was this an idea you had, or was this kind of something you someone presented to you, or where did this come from? I never have somebody present an idea for me. I would for love you. it if somebody <laughs> presented an idea for me. 
Because then I'd be like, yes, okay, let's do this. I, I, I think I used to have ideas presented to me and the traditional, you know, traditional Hollywood where it was like, yeah, let's go take this out and, sh- you know, yeah. shop it around town. And it's like useless wastes of time. They call it the water bottle tour. And uh, it's just like, why? Like this, this, this dog and pony show, it's just ridiculous. And then I think eventually my husband was on his own track. You know, he got his master's degree at AFI for mm-hmm. writing and wanted cool. to, and was working with like some really major, major production companies to do his own stuff. And again, he did the whole dog and pony show and he's like, this is frustrating. And I was like, yeah, yeah. this is your life now. Like, and you'll be lucky if you sell like a couple things, like a handful of things. And then yeah. you'll be lucky if those go. And, and he's, and he felt like me, he was like, look, I've been in the military. Like I've traveled the world. Like, this is not the end for me. I'm not just going to like settle mm-hmm. or doors closing my face. Like I'm going to create my own opportunities and you should too. And so like, we, I think came to, with you to each other with a deeper appreciation yeah. for the industry that we both individually experienced. And mm. When I met him, he wasn't even in the sort of the absolute like nexus of it. Like we moved to LA together and then got engaged. Okay. And met, but originally met when I went back to college at 26. Yeah. And so it was like I saw him go through that growth that I went through from the time I was six and struggled with my whole life. Wow. And so eventually I think. I said to myself, look, like, I don't know where the, any of this is going to bring me. I don't know what anyone's going to say. And yeah, these were just the cooking videos I was doing. Yeah. I was just like, but I have nothing to lose. Mm. And I think like, you know, it, it's hard to say that until you take that leap, right? Yeah. Like you, like, you know, you, yeah. you, you, you make that leap from traditional to doing it for yourself. And then it's almost like you never really want to go back. Yeah, it's very it's I'm sure for you, like I never really had, I think, feet in the traditional world too much. But I still felt just such a always thought you were a huge star. Like and I still think you're a huge star when we work together on much music. That's what yeah, we yeah, yeah. Oh, my music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. My music. Yes, of course. No, it's crazy how many people had uh were in that show in hindsight. And I, I know that was like, I remember being like, oh my God, I'm going to sit down next to her and play this incredibly obnoxious person. And she doesn't know (laughs) who I am as a real person to understand how different this is from me. Uh, But here we go. But I, I, the, that was one of the projects that I had first done that was most similar to a traditional like set. And I had, and had production and all of this stuff. But it did also give me an appreciation for the independence that making your own content has. And yeah. it's very kind of like spoiling when you don't have any gatekeepers and you get to just put out whatever you want. I'm sure for you, this has been like, it's very cool to see like you be yourself online. And I wonder if there's like, if you're surprised by the the feedback or the, the response to it. I think I'm not surprised by most of it, but I was surprised about how in the current state of the world, the knee jerk reaction is judgment and Mm. it doesn't even really have to make sense. So like sometimes people will comment on stuff. And what I've realized now is that a, you really don't need to read into the negative comments. Like obviously it's good to engage with people and it's important, but to take to heart, you know, username one, one, five, nine, you know, (laughs) my shorts, like, you know, like you're not going to like, 
think about that person and be like in the middle of your night, like my come be like, oh no, he thinks I'm unhinged. Like <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like I've seen even on Twitter, which, you know, I always say to people like, look, if you're looking for your high school bully, they're mm. on Twitter and they think they're really funny. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's I've really not used Twitter at all. And I think about, oh, maybe I should. And then I open it for a second and I realize, no, it's chaos over here. <laughs> it is. Cr- I, it isn't it strange how it's just like communities are drawn into certain databases. And for whatever reason, the way that the software is laid out or I don't know how that how and like in TikTok, like that's yeah. something that I've been fostering and probably growing the most and the fastest on. Yeah, I think like it's really fascinating to see the, the communities there it's a much more open-minded community Mm. it's also like it's whoever's fyp like i have a certain fyp though so therefore i'm exposed to a certain kind of tiktok side Mm -hmm. i'm sure that somebody who's like you know alt-right is going to have a totally different fyp and a totally different community but tiktok is interesting in that the community is very uh supportive of whatever your i guess whatever your fyp is whereas like with twitter it's almost like you sign on and you're you have to assume that people are going to come after you oh yeah yeah twitter's got this energy that's like fucking prove it (laughs) and it's so and i'm just like i don't really need for my mental health to be having to constantly prove myself (laughs) to everyone but i do feel like and i'm just on the beginning phases of understanding TikTok. But the like you said, the energy there is to me very reminiscent of the beginning of YouTube energy where everyone's Uh just kind of like doing whatever they want and throwing a bunch of spaghetti at walls and seeing what sticks. And everyone's just kind of like here for the journey for everyone. Well, it blew up during uh, quarantine and people were just doing silly stuff to feel connected and, and less chaotic and The moms of TikTok, which is kind of the one, I think the community that I identify with the most, Mm -hmm. it's cool because like you can learn so much about being a parent uh, who's wanting to break generational trauma and, you know, discipline their child, not with, you know, actual fear-based stuff. And then like, there's also a side of it that's like glamorous moms show you how to do your makeup fast or like, (laughs) you know, it's like, there's all, it can service you in so many ways outside of being a creator. So I'm not just a creator. Mm. I comment. This is another little trick that I've learned and I can't really compete. Like I don't dance and I'm not making like King Bach kind of like mm-hmm. original content with like a crew, a hype house crew or whatever. Like I'm yeah. not doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I also, what I've realized too, which we can always chat about like doing deep dives into like understanding your brand and like all that stuff. Cause I've certainly kind of really become more in tune with all that, which I mm. never would have done had I not kind of branched out on my own. Yeah. Um, but like for me, I comment on people's, uh, like stuff. I, and so yeah. if I can't post, I just make sure that I comment. Oh, that's interesting. Comment, yeah. Um, hold on one second. Yeah. do your thing. Hold on one second. <laughs> We're good, guys. We're good. All good. I'm getting a very transparent look at mom life right now. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah, I think you're right. I think like I think like it's okay to like display that. I don't get to show that side of myself because I. It's funny because when we talk about like the branding thing, mm-hmm. I don't think people are interested in me displaying authentic momhood as much as they are 
And honestly, I've done deep dives into this. So like mm-hmm. I can see what is retaining, like what people are actually watching and what yeah. is, you know, and, and it's okay that people don't necessarily see me as the go-to everyday mom. And so it, there is this, there's this split personality that I've had to have for mm. even the sake of TikTok, which one would think is the more authentic, like, oh, this is me without makeup and this is get yeah. ready with me. And, but the thing about TikTok, I think is that the, the concept is like, here's where I start in this video. Look at how great I am after. Mm. Look at what I can make myself become, you know, yeah. like it's always like this transitional thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so with motherhood, you're pretty consistently tired and you're pretty consistently like worn down. I don't yeah. think there's much content that can be made about that other than like, there's my Starbucks order. Hey guys, once again, exhausted. Uh, yeah. It's a roller coaster. I can't get off. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Well, I am interested to hear your thoughts about building a brand for yourself online because like you're, you come from this world that, you know, kind of, I assume tries to tell you who you are or put you in categories of this is what you can play and this is the kind of parts you can do. And then when you go to make your own content, you get to be yourself <laughs> exactly as you are. I'm curious, yeah. you you seem very like thoughtful about what you're creating for yourself online. Is that like, is that conscious in everything that you're making is representing yourself uh, as a, a brand in a certain way? Great. I mean, that's awesome. That's a great question. Uh, I think that, like I said, I think there's, there is a split personality there. And for me, I mean, look, motherhood is very isolating. Mm. Um, and like you can become you, you, it's also very, you can also grow quite a lot. Yeah. So, but there is a, there is something that people don't talk about, which is like mourning the death of the brand, the personal brand mm. of who you used to be. Yeah. You know, if who you used to be was like, oh, I'm traveling the world. And you know, it's, it, it's just, you're not that person anymore, unless you decide you want to be that person with a child, you know, yeah. if you thought that through for yourself, which by the way, I feel like most people don't know well enough. Yeah. You think how, how much being a parent is going to affect their, their daily life. Mm. Cause I think it's because either they don't have a comparison or, you know, they just haven't been through it. So there's really yeah. no judgment. You know what I mean? Like for, for how, when a parent says to me like, Oh, I know I'm gonna, and there's jokes about this on TikTok where it's like, yeah. when I hear somebody who doesn't have kids say that they're gonna make sure their house is always clean and like, et cetera. Yeah. And you kind of are just like laughing. Yeah. But <laughs> I come from the place of like, just like everyone just do your best and Mm. just, you know, be as good as you can to your kids. Um, What was the question again, though? Well, it's about, about, I guess, just building your brand online. So I do think one of the things that at least I notice is like your transparency, like you do talk about struggles, you do reflect and, uh, and think through and talk through things, I think almost in a way to kind of give your uh, your truth. But then it also like the byproduct of that is it's helpful for people that are experiencing things similar to that or that weren't able to realize what they were experiencing or how they were feeling uh, oh, until wow. they until they see or hear something that you've been through. That's probably the most rewarding thing. So like yeah. when I'm recording them to speak to your your previous question, it's like 
I'm remembering who I used to be, right? Mm. Because who I am now is very different. Yeah. And so when I'm talking about it, there's like this like healthy distance, um, this privileged viewpoint from, from where I was. And mm. so a lot of people in talking about my brand, I had piloted, if you want to call it that, or I had tried out some content, yeah. which I remember YouTube said in the initial phases of starting your YouTube channel, like, try it out, try out many different things. Now you're not really rewarded so much with that because, mm. you know, it, it, the views in order for what you, in order to have a view, it's like, they have to watch at least like a minute. Yeah. It's like, it used to be a couple seconds when, you know, YouTube was in its early stages and then the views were, so the views were super high. And then of course people were getting served to more people. So then their, their subscribers were super high too. And yeah. so now it's like, just to get the view, you have to be so authentic and you have to be saying so much stuff in a, in, in just a thumbnail too. Right. Yeah. So it's like, so this is what's got me a lot of attention on the walk and talks because mm -hmm. what I did prior to the walk and talks was a bunch of cooking celebrity collaboration stuff with Disney channel stars. And it was yeah. very straightforward. And I really have a soft spot in my heart for it because it's what brought me to the table of, you know, people talking about me again or being like, Hey, there she is. I wonder where yeah. she was. But when it came to, you know, COVID quarantine, oh my gosh, you know, it's going to be too hard to keep booking these celebs. Now we have to offer them money. Mm. Um, wait, there's fires outside of my house. Like, I think we need more space. Let's go to Austin. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what do we do now? Mm. So we tried react videos, right. As like a different format. Yeah. And it was just plateauing and it just wasn't feeling like anything was really like, I guess hitting. And it was, it was starting to be less and less authentic was what it was. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I work with my husband, I think he's a really good, he's very critical. And so <laughs> that's great. Very critical. He was a Marine or is, is a former Marine. So like uh -huh. extremely critical and he, he's a quality control guy. So if something starts to, you know, he's like, look, this isn't even worth investing the time and the money into any of that. So let's like, just, you know, move on. Mm. And then he and I both put our heads together to think about my, my brand or like what people want to see and what's working. Yeah. And so when, when we sat down, what I had piloted on YouTube or TikTok, sorry, was like, hey, this is your big sis checking in mental health, something. And it performed very well. Yeah. And the engagement was really good. And so it was on brand for somebody to look to me and be like, oh yeah, she's the big sister type. Mm -hmm. So we kind of put two and two together. And a, a, another person I knew was like, hey, um, you should really try to be vulnerable. Vulnerable is what's going to be. That's what my therapist says too. <laughs> It was not my therapist. <laughs> it was actually someone who is big in the world of digital content mm. and has done like these really big videos. Um, and, and, and he said like, look, this is, this is what got me to where I am. Maybe this mm. is all for you. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what do you have of value? Cause you see this yeah. too. A lot of times where like content creators are like, Hey, if you're starting out, like these are the things that are going to post the best or, you know, as long sure. as you're providing value to people, mm -hmm. then, and I was like, well, what is my value? And so if you look at your life as being somewhat valuable, 
Yeah. I, I wouldn't. So the other thing is I wouldn't necessarily think of my life as valuable to others because I'm, I, I actually tried to be very quiet and, and humbled by any experience that I've had and keep it to myself for a really long time. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I never really thought to stand up and be like, oh, well, I support this or, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I am. This is what I'm struggling with. And so therefore people just had this very frozen picture of me in their mind from a very specific time in their adolescence, really. Mm-hmm. And so we tried the walk and talk format out and it was like, like the floodgates kind of opened up for people. Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy. It was like every week I was, I was really kind of exploding on the, like the whole news reels and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Constantly coming out with stuff. And I, I found it amusing because I was like, (laughs) really, this is it. This is what's gonna, this is what it's gonna be. Okay. But that's, it's cool because like you said, people have this image of you in their experience with you, which is very like two dimensional and very frozen in time for them to, to experience you as a full person with, uh, you know, stories and thoughts and feelings about things, I think reminds people like, oh, people are human beings. And this is more fascinating, maybe than the image I had in my head about this person. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, We're going to take a quick break. um, And when we are we we at that point? (laughs) We're at the quick break point. Oh, my God. Okay. And when we get back, I want to talk to you about the cooking. We got, we have a cookbook coming out. We got all kinds of stuff happening. I'm so excited. I just got the pictures back from the shoot. That was where I just was. And it was so fun. So yes, let's talk about all that. Okay, we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep after this. Hello listeners, Grace Helbig here. Wanting to say two things, a big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not too deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the app store and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Okay, talk to me about this cookbook. What's going on? How did this happen? Thank you for asking me. I'm really, really excited because I haven't been back shooting Christie's Kitchen Throwback, which mm-hmm. was my first format on YouTube. Yeah. And it, it has a very special place in my heart because the idea of comfort food and comfort TV shows yeah. and things that people grew up with, it just felt very, it just felt very personal to me in my life experience to share to continue to share from those episodes, something in a, in a book. And cool. I, I think it's going to be really great for the fans of that era. And the whole Y2K thing is extremely big right now. Like <laughs> you just saw the Super Bowl like halftime show. <laughs> and and it, I felt really old actually though. I don't know about you. Yeah. That's what Melissa and I were just talking about that. I was like, yeah, every millennial watching this halftime show is like, oh, this hits the sweet spot. But also... Yeah. We have uh, reached a certain age, haven't we? <laughs> I think so, man. I think it's like when you start thinking about like boycotting 
watching Euphoria because you're like, because I don't like what that promotes. You're like, oh no, I need to get a colonoscopy or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm always curious uh, for making something like a cookbook, which I have no experience with, but I'm fascinated by how you create your recipes. What's your process like for that? Well, we've already created the recipes, which is why this was a home run from the get-go. Um, cool. You know, these recipes live in perpetuity on my YouTube page. So essentially, gotcha. we're just c- combining that whole experience during that show, mm. which the recipes are on. And then we're offering 10 new celebrity recipes Cool. and um, a bunch more like, you know, ecto cooler, high C punch, like throwback kind of like oh fun 90s, 2000s recipes that really are fun to investigate when you, when you look and you start to scratch the surface, there's so much that was recalled when we were children. But- <laughs> yeah, that is pretty wild to be like, what was I just shoving in every, <laughs> in my mouth all day long? No wonder I, I have. Still don't, I still don't understand pop rocks. Like I still don't uh, understand how that works and why uh-uh. that is legal. But yeah, um, exactly. But there probably will be some Pop Rocks in there, too, because I remember Perfect. we made some Pop Rocks kickballs or something. I don't know. Nice. So, so yeah, all of it's all ready to be made into a book. And then there'll be extras and there'll be behind the scenes uh, articles and cool. interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. And then as I took pictures with the celebrities uh, who I'm getting them to, like, sign off on, you know, the fact that originally they came on for the YouTube show and I mentioned to them. As we're taking our photo for the thumbnail, I was like, hey, we're going to do a cookbook too. Wouldn't that be fun? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I'm coming back for that cookbook. So that's Oh, that's great. Um, And when does this come out? In the spring? Yes, it will be out in the spring. Right now, there's a presale link uh, that we can send you. And then uh, there's a presale link on my Instagram and um, probably my TikTok or something. But awesome. Christy's Kitchen Throwback. Yeah. Very cool. And it's, I mean, it's an offshoot of something that you've already successfully built, but it's also just like a very cool, like tangible piece of content that people can like spend time with versus just like click and move on and click and move on. Yeah. I think for the real OG fans, you know, of Mm -hmm. who've lived through that and that, that are, they don't really have a lot of things like this to serve them. Yeah. True. Um, the the gal that's editing my book, her name's Nikki Martin. She's really great. Uh, she did she edited and co-authored the book with Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls cool. called The Burn, the Unofficial Burn Cookbook. Great. And so it's gonna be very colorful. It's gonna have amazing, beautiful pictures of this food that was, by the uh, way, amazing and fun to make during it, but then it was great to taste it again. And cool. It's like a piece of nostalgia in your hands, like you said. So it really is a wonderful book that I think I think will sell well with a certain audience. And maybe you can gift it and re-gift it and gift it to people. So. Sweet. Yeah. I love that. Something to look forward to. Yes. Very exciting, too, is the 90s con that I'm about to um, host in Hartford. So hopefully I'll have one in hand. Cool. At least like a fake one to like show people. Oh, my God. 90s con sounds so fun. It's going to be uh, pretty epic. <laughs> um, I'm so jealous. Now I got to look that up after this. No, no, no. You have to. No, I agree. <laughs> they literally have. Okay. So they've got like boy bands there. Uh, got every single cast of every single show that you've ever thought of. Amazing. Um, 
party of five and uh, doing the, and I'm I'm hosting it. So yeah, I'm that's crazy. The, I'm doing all the panels and I've never done anything like this before. I'm usually like wow. a guest at Comic Cons. Yeah. They're like, well, you'd be really cool to host. And I'm like, okay. Because oh I'm God. a fan girl the whole time. <laughs> and then they have like, literally they have like, you know, they have like costume museums mm-hmm. on tour and stuff like that. They literally have the Spice Girls like clothing. <gasps> like in a, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to let that stew in my head for a little bit. No, 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 no. Now I'm going to move on to the questions I ask every single guest that's on the podcast. Ooh, yes. Um, the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? I mean, that's an amazing question. <laughs> and just to kind of clarify, is that... Uh, my assumption is that this is just your answer in this moment. This is an answer that can change, obviously, day to day, hour to hour, et cetera. Cold spaghetti. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. And it's entirely up to your intention. It can be... Um, jo- you know what? It can be <sighs> joyful. It can be yeah. um, humiliating. <laughs> whatever you prefer. Oh, my gosh. Okay, honestly... I don't like keep, I don't like to have to keep talking about this person because we're obviously not in touch and there's no ill will towards this. But I would say that I would throw cold spaghetti at Shia only because, (laughs) only because, okay, Okay. when we were kids and we were doing even Stevens, he literally threw a bunch of tomatoes that were covered in paint at (laughs) Ren at my character because she was like singing some opera flashback thing. And like the idea was that she's booed off stage by people throwing uh. tomatoes at her. And I literally like, I can't believe this to this day. The producers handed him a bunch of tomatoes and he just started like maniacally throwing tomatoes at me. And I was like, you mother. And I never got him back. He TP'd my dressing room. He was such a punk, but he was a cute kid. And um, I would still throw spaghetti at him. Yes, I would. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, he, it. yeah, it's just a response. He started it. So you have to finish it somehow. <laughs> finish it somehow. Yeah. Um, okay. The other question I ask every guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a bathroom emergency situation. However, you can only use three words or like small phrases to describe the situation. Um, okay. So for example, mine I is... Oh, perfect. Mine okay. is college jogging front lawn. Okay. So I love that you already have one. Go ahead. <laughs> you ready for this one? Yes. Okay. Um, it, it's... Uh, <laughs> I have two different ones. Okay. Okay. I have two different really awful ones. Humble brag. All right. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> I love that we're doing this. Oh, my God. Um, Napa. Zebra mm. shorts. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very specific image. Now the zebra shorts. And then the uh, the next one is um crush. Oh. S- uh, skirt. Oh. Um dad. Oh no. It's <laughs> <laughs> progressively worse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> both sound like core memories. <laughs> um, I wish I could forget 
each of these, but yeah. Uh, I'm, thank you for sharing. Therapy, Grace. <laughs> yeah, this is cathartic. Huh. Um, okay, our last little section of the podcast is called Deep and Hot, uh, where I have a deep question for you that we've prepared. And also, uh, I'm curious about your hot take on kind of like a subject that we cool. prepared for you. I love all of this, all of this. Yeah, so deep question for you is when did you learn to look out for yourself? (laughs) Oh my God. I'm still learning to be honest. So it's kind of a question. Um, I, I probably, uh, honestly, I would say, yikes. Okay. (laughs) When you ask a female this question, it's hard because they, they have to learn progressively how to advocate for themselves. Yeah. And so like, I've legitimately learned to advocate for myself. You know, I think when, when I stopped drinking, when I was pregnant, I really started to hold myself accountable. Yeah. For like my actions and like my past actions and then what I could do to be a better person on a day to day. So like, that was my first, you know, foray into that experience. And then I think I learned how to advocate for myself. Um, uh, when I had my second baby, I went into early labor mm-hmm. and it was because somebody had, uh, come into our home and my baby and me, or well, my first baby and me, my toddler, I guess mm-hmm. had like a stomach flu. And so mm-hmm. I was like taking care of my, my daughter in the bath. So of course I got it and mm-hmm. I was nine months pregnant. Whoa. And so I went into early labor and they were like, I had a doula and the doula was like on call or whatever. Cause uh, God, I'm glad I had her, but I yeah. didn't have her. The, I didn't have one the first time. So the second time I had heard like doulas help you and guide you through the recovery process, et cetera. And so I had to call the doula because they were like, look, we're going to, we're going to give you Pitocin. We're going to start, we're going to pop your bag. Like you're going to go, wow. you're going to have this baby. Wow. And so I thought that I was definitely going to have to have the baby. But once they start to give you that, like the drugs and stuff, you don't know, like you could end up having a C-section just because you, if it's not your time and it's early, yeah, then there's complications. Yeah. So, um, I called the doula. And so I had to like really make a stand and advocate for myself. And I, and it, and it was an uncomfortable feeling because a, I was in the process of being traumatized by already doing this early and had really gotten sick up to the point where I started being dehydrated and having those contractions as if it was labor. Wow. But as it turns out, I could have probably not had the baby then, Mm -hmm. but she told me on the phone, this is your choice at this point. And so I, I knew who to reach out to, to call, to advocate for myself. Mm. And I do believe that so much of learning to advocate and understand what you need and take care of yourself is about uh, when to pump the brakes, when, when to really, it's about that control of Mm -hmm. yourself and sort of like just kind of sitting back and Mm. checking in with yourself rather than just kind of acting and, you know, listening. It sounds like you really took a chance to give yourself permission to like, slow down and listen to yourself in that moment. Yes. I still have a lot to work on. I think you're a great listener. 
Oh, God bless. The uh, But I, I'm with you that I, I think as an adult, too, and uh, being a female that like you and especially like it, being in entertainment, you do so much to like try to serve other people and oh. try to provide stuff that you forget Absolutely. that it does require time and commitment to like take care of yourself. 100 percent. Yes. Crazy. You can't you can't serve people from an empty cup, I guess. Right. Beautiful. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) I must have taken that from somebody, so I won't take that. Um, Okay, last little question. Uh, Curious about your hot take on the idea of like rediscovering yourself. We've kind of talked about this through this whole episode, but it feels like with all the work that you're doing, and like you said, when you had your kids, there's like this death and rebirth kind of moment where you you lose a part of yourself, but you know, you, you become someone kind of new. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts on on rediscovering yourself are. I think I was seeking mentorship for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mentorship is this thing that you're told is easy to find. Like you assume that mentorship is everywhere around you when you're young, because why wouldn't want to some, why wouldn't somebody want to help you? Like why wouldn't they take the time? But I think when you go to college, they try to explain to you, like, look, no one's going to just mentor you. You have to like work hard for that. You have to like intern, you have to assist people. Like there's all that stuff. But when you're in the industry, Mm -hmm mentorship looks like paying a casting director to do like a workshop mentorship looks like, you know, I don't know, dating somebody because they're an agent and Mm. like, they can help you with your career. Um, and maybe you don't want to date that person, but like, you know, you know, look at, I mean, honestly, look at Julia Fox. Yeah. Yeah. In a hot take, like Julia Fox is claiming to be like Kanye's muse and is that true or not? We don't know, but like, he's certainly mentoring her in some regard as he did Mm -hmm. the whole Kim thing. Uh, and I'm not like big into that whole, like, I don't have a, like a, a dog in that fight, so to speak, you know, like, but it's a hot take in that, like mentorships are either healthy or they're not healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always kind of wanted mentorship. Uh, I, I found a little bit of mentorship at Disney channel, but not enough for me to feel like it was unconditional. Reliable. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that a lot of the mentorships in Hollywood are like for a phase or Mm. like, it's very hard to be like, Oh yeah, I've known that person for 20, 30 years. And it's so rare to, to, for that to happen. And so, you know, um, I think that mentorship in is, is really important. So like I have found that I've gotten mentorship in collaboration with my husband. Yeah. Um, I found everything that I needed with him as a partner, which by the way, like I did not expect that Mm -hmm. to happen. Most people can't work, you know, as closely as we work. Yeah. Um, and, and how frequently we work together and it's really great to see him grow in his own way and his own brand and his own, like, um, like skill set and stuff like that in the digital space of sales mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like it's such an interesting market and he's like doing so great. Cool. Uh, and then for me to have a bounce board to talk about this branding stuff with, and yeah. it's all about making good content at the end of the day. But if you don't really truly know what you're doing and you're not yeah. talking to somebody, it's 
very long. I got to say, it's probably really lonely. Yeah, totally. I mean, I so identify with that. And it's like you said that you assume mentorship might be easy to come by because why wouldn't people want to help each other? High tides raise all ships. But it is that true, like deep sense of connection and trust with someone is rare. And when you do find it, like, hold on to it. (laughs) You guys seem like you really deeply love each other and support each other. It's very cool. We do. I think at the very least. (laughs) (laughs) At the very most, we drive each other crazy. But, you know, it's Valentine's Day. I I say I love them. There you go. I know this has been I feel like I could talk to you for like a billion more hours on everything. But we have to we have to wrap this up. Um, Okay. But uh, (laughs) as a token of our appreciation, we like to give our guests a personalized horoscope from us to you. Uh, We are not astrologers at all. So, um, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Melissa, put it in the chat if you're able to look at it and read it aloud to the class. Oh, my gosh. You're not even kidding me. Okay. Dear Pisces, should I do it in an accent? Whatever you would like. Okay. (laughs) All right. And there's a there's a bad word in this, too. Oh, yeah, you can. You don't have to say the bad word. Okay. Dear Pisces, fish of the stars being born on the 20th, you're on the cusp of fire sign Aries. So although you may be a dreamer at heart and you want to live in your head, you face many outbursts of frustration when outsiders block those dreams from bringing reality. Give the haters a real dreamy F you while you're at it. That's a great one. Thanks. It's in the stars. You got it. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, we we like to throw it in at the very end. (laughs) Now, Christy, where can people find you and everything that you're up to? They can pre-order the cookbook as well. Where can they find you if they don't know already? Okay. So guys, please go check out my YouTube. Please subscribe if you haven't. It's a lot of fun. I do lots of crazy stuff there. And you can also watch all of the cookbook recipes unfold with celebrities from all your nostalgic days, from Lelaine from Lizzie McGuire to Jaleel White from Amazing. you know Family Matters. I have such a range of awesome people on and we cook all of the foods from their shows and their careers. Amazing. So that's a blast. The cookbook's pre-sailing for spring, the spring release, stay tuned. But then I've just, I'm about to launch two more podcasts, um, which will be viewable like yours Great. Um, on, on, you know, YouTube and then probably available on Spotify and all those streaming platforms. Uh, the two podcasts are pretty great, which I would love to ch- chat about, but maybe on another, another time, another place. Yeah. One of them, one of them is going to be called vulnerable, which will be an offshoot of the mental health stuff I've been doing with my walk and talks. Amazing. And that's with guests. So, uh, we have, uh, Allison Stoner as one of my first guests. Great. Um, yeah, we have, uh, scientists and we have all these amazing women and men that are coming on and talking about their journeys and mental health stuff. And then we have, uh, another podcast Ooh. launching called I hear voices. Whoa. I hear voices is not mental health, believe it or not. It's, okay. uh, it's literally with me and my my old sidekick, but not my sidekick, my co-host, Will Friedle from Kim Possible. Oh, great. And, and, and Boy Meets World. And we are interviewing the most iconic voiceover actors of all time. Oh, that's awesome. So we actually had Eric Bauza on who 
plays Marvin the Martian, who's on your shirt. <gasps> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so that's launching soon, I believe, like March 4th. Cool. It's like our first big thing with that. And, you know, it's it's all just trying to make some great content, right? Like, yeah, trying to do the next big thing. Well, awesome. I mean, you sound like you're doing it. There's plenty of things out there for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> Something for everyone. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, Christy. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I hope we get to keep talking because there's still so much that I want to know. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs>